Welcome back, everybody, to episode 24 of Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. Of course, I'm Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre. We got tons of things to talk about on today's pod. I mean, we got a few things to get started with, but we're going to talk about um, some FIBA 3x3 or 3-on-3. We're going to talk about some new coaching hires, assistant coaching hires. Um, Want to give some props to phenomenal artists we saw, well, saw via Twitter um, over the week and wanted to get into some things the commissioner, uh, you know, Adam Silver said before game two, we're going to talk about more NBA finals. And then of course, we're going to talk about the last, lastly, the WNBA fantasy update. So name on your paper. First thing. <laughs> first thing going to start. I just shared this with you before we got on here to record. Mm-hmm. Um, came across this on Twitter. It was, uh, AJ Wilson actually commented on retweeted, but this uh, young artist, I guess I don't know how young, maybe she's our age. I have no idea, but <laughs> goes by Samantha Woj, longer last name I saw online. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, so I don't butcher that. Um, but she just does this awesome. You can find her on Twitter at Samantha Woj art is her handle. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram. She's everywhere. Incredibly talented, incredibly unique intel, incredibly creative. And uh, she just does all, she does these paintings mainly, I think mostly sports paintings. And she paints with the sports equipment, um, you know, being what she paints with. So there's, there's one I liked of, of Aja Wilson, one of Jimmy Butler. And basically she's using a basketball. It's got, you know, paint or ink or whatever she uses on there. And she uses that basketball to paint that image. And it's incredible. The new Woj bomb. Exactly. I it's absolutely amazing to watch, to just sit there and watch her use this basketball to paint these portraits. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you, you would assume, I don't know, when I first saw it, because she does it in these quick clips that you know kind of show it mm-hmm. um, fast so you get the gist of it, but uh, you would assume maybe it would be a little abstract <laughs> based on the utensil that she's using or you know the instrument she's using, but it's amazing. Especially it's absolutely if, perfect. I mean, the Jimmy Butler one looks amazing, but she yeah, does. I mean, she's done this before. She's done it with a soccer ball. She's done it with a hockey stick, um, a, a baseball glove, and she's getting some notoriety for it too. But yeah. I guess the coolest part is I just looked up before we went on here, and she's actually uh, physically disabled. She's Canadian, um, but she's got a weird genetic disorder. Let's see. I'm not even going to pronounce the name of that disorder, but basically <laughs> characterized absence of malformation of the fingers and toes. So, um Cool stuff, amazing stuff that she did, you know, have a disability and just move on from that and be like, you know what, I'm still going to make awesome art. And it's just amazing. And she's got uh, kudos to her and all the support and all the recognition she gets totally deserved. So. Yeah, check her out. Oh, let's see. Seconds here. I think I'm going to go into this FIBA 3x3. Three three. <laughs> let's do it. So I didn't know anything about this, honestly. I guess Same. I, I, I saw it again. Twitter is like just the greatest news filter to me. I can find stuff so quick if you and good stuff if you want to find it. Not that crappy, you know, Zion shit. I don't want to hear about that. Correct. Um, so the FIBA FIBA has World Cup three on three basketball tournament. It was in Vienna just recently, maybe last week. I can't remember the actual dates. Um, yeah, I think I, it was last week. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. Uh, three on three basketball was added to the Olympics in 2020. And maybe I just didn't watch much Olympics because of pandemic stuff and things like that. But I don't so, think I remembered it either. 
Yeah. So I read that. So that's there. So I'll be looking forward to that in the next, that would be what the summer Olympics, I would assume. I don't think you have winter Olympics basketball, but who knows? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's indoors. So I have no idea. Um, but it's, it's awesome. I mean, there's actually cool players that played, um, I went, well, actually first, how about this? I'll, I'll go into some rules just to make it fun, but you got, you got a four man roster, obviously three people playing at one time, 12 yep. second shot clock, which is awesome. So it keeps mm-hmm. for much action, fast paced game. Um, you get immediate possession, you know, after a rebound and then you just take it outside the arc, just basically how we did when we played pickup basketball kind of when you're playing half court right except there's no inbound or anything like as soon as the ball goes in the net the other team takes the ball and starts dribbling back to the top of the key and they just go yeah there's no checking or anything like that you don't check it up you just go the other team takes the ball and yeah so there's so much possession strategy behind like somebody like somebody would make a free throw let's say because there's there's fouls still somebody makes a free throw somebody just it goes through the net they grab it the other guy split out beyond the arc and he could pass it right out to those guys Yep. Their possession's already started. Hopefully get that guy open. But nonetheless, points-wise, you get one point for inside the arc, one point for a free throw, that, which is interesting, makes those equal value, and then two yeah. points for your outside the arc, three-pointer, three point, three if you will. They play 10-minute games, or I think it's best to or up to 21, win by two. I believe you have to win by two. That thing I haven't clarified. Nonetheless... It's awesome. It's super exciting. You can find clips all over Twitter, YouTube, whatever you want. Um, there's, I, we had, let's see, the men's final was Serbia. They defeated the U.S. U.S. was led by none other than Jimmer Fredette <laughs> of <laughs> the Jimmer. B, yeah, of BYU fame and lore. Um, uh, the women's final, uh, U.S. actually won. They beat France, who apparently won the last uh, World Cup tournament here. And nice. they were led by Cameron Brink, star of Stanford, and uh, Haley Van Lith, uh, star of Louisville, who transferred to LSU this year. So they were, they were awesome. And it was just, I don't know, it was fun stuff to watch. It was like watching, kind of felt like beach volleyball in a way. It was Yeah, it really kind of gives a similar vibe. Yeah, but a lot just of Just another awesome way to watch the best sport ever invented in my yeah. opinion <laughs> so if you get a chance it's it might not be as good as the world balloon championships that i've seen before but <laughs> <yeah>, i mean <laughs> but <laughs> it's good it's really good it's it's definitely entertaining and it doesn't take a lot of time to watch it so there's another guy too uh u.s had canyon berry who i'd never never heard of but um he was let's see he played in the g league with the iowa wolves which is the t wolves affiliate yeah um and he had an underhand free throw in that game too so <laughs> that's cool. So we need more of those. Of course. But yeah, it was, it was fun stuff. And yes, I recommend watching some clips. If, if you enjoy basketball and you're listening to this pod, you'd enjoy the FIBA world cup three by three stuff. So, all right, where do I go from here? Um, Oh, you know what? I forgot some of the other stuff I was going to start with, but I'll just mention it now. Um, we actually got on a list just recently, top 25 fantasy basketball podcasts by Feedspot. Um, we've, Hell yeah. Yeah. We get some recognition here finally for our last, man, it's been almost a half year of solid weekly podcast. And I think they're pretty good. So I think that deserves a sound bite. Not to put you on the spot, but we need something. Man, which one what do you I got? want to use? Which one do I want to use? I don't even know. That's a good one. That is. <laughs> I, I wish I had more for this <laughs> occasion. 
I probably How about a do. quick that's the one? I mean I got like this stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> there you I go. Got, there's yeah. I didn't know about that. That yeah, that's a random one. I just that one's in here automatically, but uh yeah, where is that's the one? I gotta find that one. I don't know. I'll have to find it. I got that's here somewhere. Okay. Nonetheless. Um so it'll yeah, turn up got, at some point. So yeah, so we got that little thing. Cool. Um, gives us some exposure. Um, we also, another uh, website, well, not website. Yeah, they are a website, Good Pods. They do some stuff with um, podcasts as well, yeah. podcast discovery and help us out. Um, they started this thing where we create top five podcasts for any basically category. So granted, we are number one on the list because we created the list. <laughs> so we are the number one. <laughs> a little one. skewed there, but. Yeah, fantasy MBA podcasts. But again. We stand just, by it though. Yeah. But again, it just gets us out there. It gets us, um, you know, in, in people's ears, hopefully it gets us discovered. And that, again, is where we have to call on everybody who does listen and put some ratings out there. Give us some reviews, word of mouth, get it out there. If you don't think we suck, let other people know that we don't suck. Absolutely. <laughs> and then actually one other fun fact I got to get in here. Um, if you go on Bing right now, and I think this will work on everybody. I'm not sure because I cleared my search. <laughs> but if you go on Bing put in menace podman in the search engine look at the images it should be tons of images of natalie portman <laughs> and then one menace Lo- podman logo <laughs> swimming in the sea of natalie portman so i mean check it out it's pretty cool it's on it's on the top of our twitter page now too is our back i've noticed so. in the past that she pops up too like even on google if you do a google search like images yeah. and different stuff like it just and honestly, it's the Podman, you know, Portman. It's all the I, same to them. And, and Phantom Menace is what's going on there too. So it's oh yeah, I didn't too. even think I didn't even think yeah. of that. Yeah, so <laughs> we found a <laughs> found a sweet spot. It's it's a really cool <laughs> thing. I don't know. So I think what you're saying is maybe she needs to be a guest on our pod at some point. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I don't. Yeah, if we could get any guests, I wouldn't. Even, I'd interview anybody. We'll right make now. it work. I mean, we'll we'll talk I, hoops. We'll talk some movies and whatever else she wants to talk about. Yeah, I keep reaching out to a lot of people, but yeah, obviously we're not. We're not going to stop. Yeah, we're not celebrities, and we don't have huge sponsors or anything. We're not we're small, but, but we're still here. Exactly, and we're we ain't stopping. going nowhere. Not stopping either. All right, so that takes care of the the fun first things, I guess we should say. So now let's get into the fun, straight up basketball port portion of the show here, um, and I think we got to start. Let's just start with some coaching stuff. There's been yeah. some big additions um, since the last podcast. One head coach, a bunch of assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably we start with Phoenix. Yeah, we um, have to start with Phoenix for sure. Right after we recorded, I think it was like the next day, they announced Frank Vogel as head coach. Our and, our guy's been busy. Yeah, and Our I guy think, in Phoenix has been pretty busy. I was going to say... I think I, I tweeted you because, yeah, I think it was right after we recorded and I was like, eh, not a big fan. <laughs> I, was, I was not high on it. Um, yeah. But I also have no idea what they're going to do in Phoenix with everything else. And obviously the news of waving Chris Paul recently. Yeah, so. I was going to say we'll have to get to their roster in a little bit. But as far as their coaching goes, yeah, it, it's a puzzling choice because, yeah, I mean, Monty Williams, not only a great coach, but also under contract for multiple years. So I think they knew he was probably going to get scooped up by somebody else and then they wouldn't have to pay him. That's my guess. But Frank Vogel's the guy that you go with over Monty Williams. I don't see 
an obvious upgrade there. Now, maybe there's more to it. There has to be more to it than meets the eye. But in any case, um, yeah, Vogel's their new head coach. Kevin Young, he was an assistant coach under under Monty Williams and apparently was um, not only in the running, but like the runner up for the head coach position. They have rehired him as the top assistant coach under Vogel and they're, they've made him the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA now. So yeah, I think um, he said what, 2 million a year. Yeah. So they retained him. And then they also brought in former NBA head coach, David Fisdale. Take that for data. Yep. Two time NBA champ with Miami heat. Yeah. So, um, he is back in the NBA, but with the Suns now as an assistant, um, do we want to just get into the rest of the assistant coaches too? Yeah, let's just roll through them. Yeah, speaking of Monty Williams and our Detroit Pistons, he brought in Steven Silas as his top assistant. So yep. that's a really good hire. You know, Silas, he deserves some credit. He didn't do well, obviously, with Houston because they had a horrible record. But if you watch their team and you watch the way that they competed, like they, you know, he got those players to buy in and at least play as hard as they could and compete as much as they could. They didn't just lay down, and that's something that the Pistons themselves, you know, you wouldn't know it just looking at their record. But if you watch them play and watch these young players develop, you'll see, like, they compete. So it's a it's a common theme around here that we're trying to, you know. I was going to say, it, was, it seems similar going. to a, a Dwayne Casey kind of thing here. Yeah, you know, yeah, it gives a similar vibe. So Had young guys and stuff, and now to yep. have him, it's, I actually kind of feel like um, – if you took the best head coach available and the best assistant coach available that, that he was a head coach already, I think Detroit's got the best two guys and not being a homer, but I just kind of feel that way. They're at least in the conversation. No, no question about it. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And then uh, another guy that I mentioned previously, um, James Borrego, I thought he's a guy that probably could have got a head coaching job this off season. Um, he is going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. He's going to coach their assistant coach. Um, Terry Stotts, former Milwaukee Bucks head coach, going back to Milwaukee as an assistant. So um, that'll be good. You know, Adrian Griffin, we talked last week about how he took over that position. Correct. The head coaching job in Milwaukee. So Stotts, that's a good hire. Um, Sam Cassell going back to the Boston Celtics to be a head or I'm sorry, an assistant coach under Joe Missoula. That's a good hire. Um, his, his name has been tossed out there for several head coaching positions. Just hasn't had a chance yet, but, um, I, I was going to say, I do have that correct, right? Boston or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah. Some odd um, reason I, because he was, he was in Philadelphia, correct? He's been with Doc Rivers for like the longest yeah. time. He was with Rivers, uh, with the Clippers. Um, I think he was even with them in Boston. So now that Rivers isn't working. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember him. I don't know. They liked him in Philadelphia a lot. I think he was close with players, especially uh, like Tyrese Maxey and things like that. So uh, players yeah. of that nature, but developing people. I wonder if. I I always wonder with this stuff, um, the whole James Harden stuff, and you know what kind of connections he had with certain coaches and things like that. If that makes him go anywhere else, that'll be interesting to see, though. Yeah, we may never know. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now Sam Cassell always looked like I feel bad. I love the guy, but he he kind of looks like an alien, just a kinda, little bit. yeah. <laughs> a little. 
Nah, he does a lot. I'll say it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's mean though. It is but, mean. It is mean. And I'm and I, yeah, we we don't want to. But I thought about we don't want to do that too much. But I mean, come on, you know, it's there. It's, it's out there. there. We yeah, all know for sure. He's a great. It's team. all. It's all in love. He is. He's a very, all kidding aside, he's a very good coach. There's a reason why his name is constantly tossed out there. And we all know about his playing career. He, he not only was successful with the Rockets, but he had a really long playing career. Yep. And, uh, won a championship as a player with the Celtics. So, um, and the Rockets too. So yeah, absolutely. He, He had a long very solid NBA career as a player alone. And now he's been doing it for, you know, multiple decades as a coach. So yeah, he's one of the names. Shout out. He's one of the names I always go on eBay and I try to find old basketball jerseys for cheap. Nice. And he's one of the guys I always try to find. And I, it's really, it's difficult, but yeah, no, I love to be a good one. So, but yeah, Oh, let's see. I think that's everybody, right? But as talking coaches, I guess I just want to mention Hall of Famer Rick Edelman. Got uh, he's one of only ten coaches with a thousand plus wins, but he was awarded the Chuck Daly Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, I think the other day. I think that was before Game One, I believe, in Denver, um, which was pretty cool because he got that award. And then uh, his son David Edelman, uh, assistant coach under Mike Malone with the Nuggets, was there, so he was able to share that uh experience with them was pretty cool yeah good call but uh yeah no i remember i i watched a video of, about him uh some his former players just talking him up saying how great he was and mm-hmm. uh just great coach i remember him more with sacramento and uh portland but sacramento definitely is where i remember him the most because he kind of brought sacramento back to life right there the that late 90s and stuff with weber and body Divex and people like that yeah, no question. No, so we've talked about them before. Such a great team. And um, that's part of what made this season so exciting for Sacramento, for the Kings, for their fans, and obviously for, for people like us, you know, who just enjoy that kind of basketball, you know, the up and down and, um, you know, versatile players offensively, you know, defensively, just hard-nosed. That's fun. It's a fun style of play. And, you know, it was good yeah. to see them back and being successful. Exactly. So that covers that. Um, let's see. I think we should get into the Phoenix Suns real quick. The Yeah, roster. I was going to say the... you want to mention Phoenix first and then probably get into the NBA Finals after that. Yeah, yeah. So really bizarre kind of report that came out yesterday. Um, Chris Haynes from Yahoo says that Chris Paul is going to get waived. Now, a lot of other reports came out after that saying that it wasn't guaranteed that they're going to waive him. There's a chance that they could um, trade him somewhere. And there are even rumors that like they could waive him, but then like re-sign him for a cheaper deal. Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there. I get the sense that they're looking to move on mm-hmm. and go maybe go with somebody who's a little bit more dependable at this stage of their career. Um you know, because Chris Paul, I mean, we talked last week about how some of these older players are going to need to be load managed. And, you know, we've seen like what Miami's done this year with guys like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love. You know, I, I think whoever has Chris Paul has got to know that, you know, he's going to have to be on that list too. And they're going to have to be really careful with them. And so, you know, I think they're just saying, well, hey, you know, if we can either save some money 
or maybe try to get an upgrade, you know, in terms of somebody that again, can be more dependable and, you know, it's maybe a little bit younger or whatever. And I brought up the, uh, the idea of maybe Kyrie Irving reconnects with Kevin Durant and joins Phoenix. Yep. I could definitely see it. I mean, that, that was a big talk, um, what halfway through the year or whatnot, um, about him going to try and get to Phoenix somehow. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember it being in the, the news and whatnot. I know they aren't on the, the, if you look at the odds for CP3's next team right now, is out on points bet USA, by the way. Lakers, as you mentioned, I believe in passing, not on the podcast here yet, which I probably stole your thunder here, is the favorite. Yeah, it's though, okay. At plus 225. <laughs> yeah, and I could totally see that. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Chris Paul and LeBron James, you know, well documented, very close relationship between those two. So, um, yeah. You know, Chris Paul, he almost was a Laker a long time ago. Uh, yeah. The infamous trade that got, you know, rescinded by David Stern when he was the owner at the time of the yeah. Pelicans. Of the, I'm yeah. sorry, the New Orleans Hornets. Yep. And um, we talked all about that before. A lot of shadiness involved in that whole situation. Yeah. But. Nonetheless, this could be an opportunity for Chris Paul to finally become a Laker, and I think it would be a good fit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I I mentioned I could see him. Well, if he wasn't so searching, probably and hunting an NBA championship in a ring at this, obviously at this stage, it's highly out there in the news that you know he doesn't have one. I think there was some story about mm-hmm. his him talking about his kids getting ridiculed, his daughter or something. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the other day, which is crazy, but... It's um, crazy, but it comes with the territory. It does, it Unfortunately. Does. So I would assume he would go to a contender or somebody that has a chance of winning, but... but yeah, absolutely. But if that wasn't the case, I kind of saw like, oh, maybe he'd go to San Antonio. I know. saw a report that said, you know, maybe he could go and be a mentor for... Victor yeah. Wembanyama. Oh, okay. So there are other reports. At least I'm not yeah, crazy. Yeah, I in that, I but... don't see it. I definitely don't see it. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll yeah, I don't to... think they have any chance of winning anything. But as far as this list is concerned, as far as odd is Lakers at the top, then the Clippers. I don't see them going back to the Clippers, but whatever. Uh, Sixers, Bucks, Wolves, Heat, Mavs, and Knicks. Yeah, some of those are possible. I mean, Knicks they already have Brunson. Like that doesn't make any sense. Why nope. would they spend the money? And again, you're getting a guy that's going to have to be load managed now. I mean, I, you know, he'd come off the bench, but yeah, they're not going to sign Chris Paul and then neglect nope. a guy like Emmanuel quickly. Who's already nope. their, you know, backup guard. And it yeah. just, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. But some no. of those you mentioned are possibilities for sure. Um, and we've got a lot of Dame Lillard rumors out there too. Yeah. You know, a lot know. of talk about, him saying, hey, look, you know, if Portland is not committed to competing for a championship right now, then I do want to be traded. And he came out this week and said, uh, what, Miami and Brooklyn are both possibilities. So, but he also said if Miami winds up winning the championship this year, he does not want to ring chase to that degree. So he says he would not go to Miami if they win because he doesn't want to just hop on the bandwagon. He wants to be a part of, you know, the yeah. first championship with the franchise. You know, I, I get that, but just because he wants to the first, he wanted to be have the first one in Portland. But um, I guess I don't feel like uh, maybe I'm wrong here. I probably maybe I'm in the minority, but I feel like if he joined Miami and Miami actually. 
well, first, nah, I don't want to go into that. I don't feel like Miami's going to win. But anyways, yeah. I'll go into that later. But um, <laughs> even if they did win, the way Miami is winning and the way that it's, I don't feel like he's ring chasing if he joined Miami. I mean, it's it might actually be harder. It's hard for teams to win back-to-back NBA championships. Yeah, for sure. These days, unless, like if you went and joined the Golden State Warriors or something like that, if that was possible, yes, he's ring yeah. chasing. But Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, let's remind everybody that Miami was the eighth seed this year. So, they, you know. Yeah, and not even really considering they went through the plan and lost and had to win again. So Yeah, I guess crazy. that's true. In terms of record, they were seventh, and then they lost to Atlanta, and then they had to win to get the eighth seed. But, yeah, in any case, they, they were yeah. not a very good regular season team by nope. any means. Correct. So they've, you know, we've talked all about them. They've come on strong here in the playoffs. and But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, he'd fit right in. He'd be a good fit. But – at the end of the day, it takes two to tango and, you know, it's, Correct. it's going to be up to the front offices to negotiate any trades. And I mean, he can chime in all he wants and, you know, I don't know his full contract status and, you know, how much say he has in trades or anything like that, but, you know, I'm sure Portland will accommodate him. I mean, he's done everything he can for that organization and, and its fans. I can't see them just shipping him off somewhere willy nilly. You know, I'm sure that he'll be heavily involved in anything that they do. And there's no guarantee that they're going to trade him. I mean, it's all based on, you know, what they do and kind of the, the vibe that he gets from them. So he's just putting it out there that like, hey, you know, if they're ready to quote unquote rebuild, you know, he would be willing to accept a trade under certain circumstances. Yep. And and, and that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I love Dame and yeah, I hope he does get somewhere, if not in Portland too. I just wanted to say, yeah, I just wanted to say real quick that going back to the point about Frank Vogel though, I mean, if, if Kyrie were to go to Phoenix, I just, I don't see these guys being excited about Frank Vogel being their coach. I, I, I get a, I get a bad vibe from that. You know, I just, it reminds me of kind of like Steve Nash. Like I just, Nash struggled with those guys and I just don't know that Vogel would be any different. You know, those guys tried to take over Kyrie had all those comments about, we don't need a coach. I just, I don't like that. So we'll have to see what happens, but um, you know, Matt Ishbia, this is all kind of his doing. I know. I, I get the sense that like James Jones, he's the, you know, he's supposed to be running the front office. I get the feeling that this is all Matt Ishbia coming in and just, Kind yeah. of waving a wand and, and and it was weird because I was giving him props earlier, you know, when he first bought him and stuff and was doing things for the the community and the like the TV rights and all that good stuff. But right now I kind of getting the idea, same thing that he has the reins and he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Well, we'll find <laughs> out real quick. I mean, it, whatever they wind up doing, you know, it's it if it works, he's a genius. But if it doesn't work, like you said, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, he just he seems to be all, and, alienating and, and, a lot of people. Yeah, and then the Eaton thing was very interesting because yeah, you go back to this and Vogel talked about you know in his press conference you know developing him and working with him and making him uh, more of an offensive threat and all all these comments like that and and I don't know I've been a strong uh, I, w- I wouldn't be a proponent a proponent of him sucking <laughs> I I think uh, DeAndre Ayton is one of the biggest problems with the Phoenix Suns and I think he would be a big problem on almost any other team he went to just because of the way he plays he seems yeah. to be very 
uh, lackadaisical. And just, well, I don't think those trade rumors are going to stop anytime soon. No. I think we're going to hear his name will. all summer long. But, yeah, that's why it's really hard when you see these odds. Obviously, a lot of people don't put these bets on where Chris Paul is going to end up. But half those yeah. teams we mentioned are going to make moves probably somewhere here and there. And it depends. Like Dallas could be a place because if Kyrie moves and this goes here, yeah. blah, 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 you know. So where else yeah, so that's go. a good point. Yep. Dallas will be a possibility. Yeah, it's, you know, we'll have to see how it all plays out. And again, you know, these teams, whoever it works for, they look like a genius. And then everybody else, it's like, all right. Yeah. Time for a new plan. Into <laughs> Abort. Monday morning quarterbacking type style yep. stuff. So, um, yeah. So I was... I was talking about we got to get into the finals, but first I just wanted to mention something um, on Adam Silver. I mentioned that in the little preamble here to start. Mm -hmm. um, before game two of the finals, that was, what, Sunday, I believe, last Sunday. Um, yes. Adam Silver, he was talking on TNT. He talked to Shaq, Grant Hill, Charles Barkley. I think that was it. I think just the three of them I think he sat down with. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Um and he had kind of like seven points that he brought up. And I just wanted to touch on each of them just a little bit. Um, pretty small, actually. But the first thing he mentioned was the global growth of the game. And he said it was the second fastest growing sport international um, behind soccer or mm -hmm. international football or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and I thought that... So basically, I mean, there's a couple points in here where I wish he just would have mentioned women's basketball. And women's basketball is huge internationally. It's Bigger. And growing. And growing, yes. And it's obviously bigger than it is in the United States. Um, and that's why the U.S. players go over there. And if you keep going even further in this, in the whole Brittany Griner situation, if it was a little more popular here, she wouldn't have gone over to Russia to play. And none of that would have ever happened. But they get paid more over there. So that's why that happens. But he had a chance to mention it there. Um, then another thing he mentioned... Um, was the competition and parity in the league. So I think it was Grant Hill asked him, and he said something about the play-in was great. Um, you know, more more teams are hanging in there. He yeah. also said the coaching turnover rate um, is high. I think Charles Barkley asked him if he was scared about that, and he said no because a lot of them are getting rehired. And then he also said that that means the parity and the coaching goes together because so many teams think they have the ability to contend that they make changes because yep. think because coaching. Is and so I important. do agree with that. Yep. Yep. Um, so I love that point that he made there. Mm -hmm. um, and then he talked about getting new blood in there too. And, you know, newer coaches and we're seeing that here and there. So yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been a good mix. Continues. Yep. But then he, he also talked about the in season tournament coming up, which we mentioned yeah. a little bit when we were talking about the WNBA preview um, a couple weeks ago. And he likened it to, international soccer again <laughs> yeah and i was like absolutely all right he's any he, quote he said we're taking a page from international soccer kind of what mm -hmm. they do in european soccer and i was like dude have you ever heard of the WNBA commissioner's cup because this is the we talked about it that. Yeah. yeah you're right man i mean they probably got it all from soccer but like yeah that would have been a great opportunity to promote it yep and I, it's happening I, right now <laughs> like yeah. they could have easily you know just put it out there and you oh by the way the WNBA is doing this yeah and, and, and like I said before I know everybody doesn't like the WNBA and that's fine I respect that but when you're working with it I guess what I feel is the dub not every not every casual NBA watcher will watch the WNBA probably none of them will right just a select few yeah but I do believe that many WNBA fans 
maybe all of them watch the NBA. Yeah. So if you grow the WNBA fan base by just mentioning, just dropping a little seed there, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to force it down people's throat. Just mention it. Yeah. Just say, hey, they do something similar in the WNBA. Move on. Maybe you grow the WNBA fan base, and then in turn, you grow the NBA fan base. I just feel he had an opportunity there, and he squandered it, and it kind of pissed me off. Nobody and talks about it. but And it's all part of the same sport that we're marketing, you know? So Correct. It's that we're talking about and, you know, all of us <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of mind blowing. It's a, that's a great point. Like, he, like you said, we're not beating anybody over the head with it, but just put it out there, you know, yeah. just for a second, just to, like you said, plant that seed. Yep, exactly. I mean, I can tell you the WNBA would like it. And if like, if Adam Silver went out there and he said, Hey, by the way, there's this awesome podcast called Menace Podman. And it's similar to this podcast on it. It's a shame he hasn't done that, you know, already. I would appreciate the hell out of it. And if that just gained me, gained us one listener, like, awesome, do it. I'm cool. We average 20 listeners a show. Give me one. And feel free to come on the pod, too. (laughs) Exactly. And we can hash this all out. So, yeah, whatever. I was just a little disappointed there. But again, just from that, just planting some more seeds. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, move, moving on from those, he also talked about, um, he was asked about John Morant. He said he's going to wait till after the finals to announce that decision, um, which is a great move. You should definitely do that in respect to the finals. And if I had any opinions, I'm just going to say 25 to 30 games is what I'm feeling. So <laughs> just throwing yeah. that out there if I'm a betting man. <laughs> uh, and I and I think that's more than fair. Yeah, not, not too long, but it's got to be more than the first one and et cetera. I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up being 41 games half the season. I, I thought we'll about see. I thought about that, but I don't I don't think he's going to make that much of an example of him yet. So Based we'll on see. the comments that he's made, it doesn't sound like that's the direction he'll go, but yep. anything's possible. We'll see, you know, and we'll see what what happens next. I mean, I wouldn't put anything past anybody. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. want to see it, but what if what if he does something else, you know, who knows? Yeah. He's got a I lot know. of time on his hands right now, so hopefully he's behaving and yeah, getting the help that he needs. That whole story is still so crazy to me. But it is. Anyways, um, then uh, I think Shaq mentioned uh, Ref. I can't remember his name now. I had a burner account, and he basically, he basically just shut that down. He's like, oh, we're still investigating. We don't know. They don't know, and we'll figure yeah, that out. We're not going to hear then, any more about that probably for a little bit. And Yep, and then I think the second most thing after the uh, – you know, the playing tournament and the stuff like that, that I was up in arms about, but hurt, I guess a little bit maybe, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, he was talking about uh, expansion. They asked him about expansion. He said, it's definitely needed. He talked about wanting to get the CBA and the, uh, I think the media rights deals and stuff out of the way, which the CBA stuff is out of the way, I believe. So we got um, good, uh, no work stoppages to what, 2030, I believe it is or something. So yeah, a long time, but, um, when I think about expansion, I always think about where they're going to put it. And I think everybody assumes it's going to be Seattle and Las Vegas. Yep. That's what I was going to say. And, Those uh, are my two that I, I feel pretty strongly is going to happen here in the near yeah. future. I was going to say, is there any other cities that we're missing? Or we just think it's going to be those two, right? That's, I mean, there are, are a whole bunch of cities that are possibilities, but those two to me, I think make the most sense in the yeah. short term. Seattle needs to have the Sonics back. They need to. Um, they never should have left in the first place. And the way that it was handled, you know, I mean, obviously 
it's worked out well for Oklahoma City, and they deserved a team as well. Yeah. Um, with everything that they did with the Hornets, um, taking them in when they had to move temporarily. And then, um, yeah, I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. I mean, all these other professional teams are moving in there and, and just with the, the landscape of sports now and with betting and everything, it just, it makes a lot of sense financially and it is a great location. It's very convenient. So no, I, I agree. I think those are, I did see like Baltimore and Pittsburgh thrown out there through social media. And, stuff. and those are possibilities. Uh, Kansas city. No. Um, the Seattle, Las Vegas, probably I think we Vancouver. Hmm. That'd be fun again. Yeah. Yep. Can't have no Grizzlies anymore. What'd they be called? I don't know. Um, something, <laughs> but, uh, Maybe Mike Bibby will come back and return. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I did think if Seattle and Las Vegas are the two, you're, I mean, that's two West Coast teams. So you're going to be moving most likely a Western Conference team over into the Eastern Conference at least. Yeah, I could um, see either Minnesota or maybe even Memphis. So most likely making the Eastern Conference stronger than it already is. Well, not that it already is, that it is right now is what I'm saying. It would create more jobs too. Definitely. That's always a good thing. Yep. Go economy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah, I'll get off my – a couple days ago, I was thinking about some of that stuff, and it got me, you know, ranting a little bit. But Yeah, the WNBA thing, that's a no-brainer. That was a missed opportunity right there. But, uh, yeah, I've stewed on it a little bit, and I've calmed down a little bit. So, (laughs) that's good. That's good. All right, uh, let's go into some NBA Finals, just talk and feelings and stuff. Of course, if you plan to make on, uh, any bets on the NBA Finals, be sure to check out outlier.bet. Um, they've got awesome analytics, you know, easy-to-use app. You can use the desktop set, desktop site if you want. You know, automatically puts it into your, your betting slip from, from the app and stuff too, so it's super convenient. Um, you want to check it out, go click the link on the top of our Twitter page, sign up for a free seven-day trial. And hopefully you'll win some bets on, you know, at least one of these next two guaranteed games or more. Yeah, do um, it while you still can. Exactly. So, yeah, getting into the NBA Finals, um, obviously it hadn't started when we done our last one, right? I think game one was was the day we brought, uh, yep. published. So, um, so we didn't know anything that was going on. We made our predictions and all. I think you took Denver in seven. I took Denver in six. Um, both That's right. Those, still look okay both predictions look all right um yeah obviously denver's up well here we go golden nuggets are up two, <laughs> up two games to one um and yeah i don't know i guess i got a few things on this too I'm, I'm getting really sick of this um i don't know if you look at twitter that much obviously i keep talking about it because i look at it a lot prepare myself with some you know new stuff for the show but Every time I, after a loss, every single other fan base is talking about why they should have won that game because of things that didn't happen correctly for them. And it rubs me wrong every single time. And maybe it's just a sports fan thing that, you know, people do, but I kept seeing like, you know, there'd be a tweet that's, uh, man, what am I thinking of? Uh, they'll be like, oh, you know, Max Struess game one. He's like, he went oh for 12 and, you know, somebody else went one for seven. And like, if we make, if they they're never going to do that again if they wouldn't have done that we would have won that game dude we just don't live in a society where people shake hands and say good game 
That just yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Where someone beats you and you just look at them, shake their hand and say, hey, congratulations. Good win. It's it's so weird. We'll yeah. get you and next then, time. And then, this, and then the game two, so Miami wins. And all I saw was Michael Porter Jr. played like crap. KCP played like crap. Mike Malone was awful. The refs were awful because of the missed, you know, uh, uh, the goaltending thing that was goaltending, but whatever. Um, Jimmy stepped out of bounds. If he doesn't step out of bounds, that three pointer isn't made. And you know, that's a yeah. four point swing here and there and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the heat shot 50% from three and we only lost by three. So we're going to win this game. Yeah. I, and in defense of fans, you know, we all have, you know, we all talk all the, the media, you know, the players, the coaches, they're obligated, you know, by rule to talk all about it. So, you know, they answer all these questions. And so the fans hear that and see that. And then they in turn, you know, put their comments out there. So a lot of it is kind of triggered by that, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we just don't live in a world where we can look at each other and say, Hey, great game. We'll get you next time. There's always got to be excuses. There's always got to be all this stuff and it can't just be, Hey, Seven game series, you know, first of four games wins. And uh yeah, may the best team win. Yeah. But yeah, as far as the series is going on, um I I guess it's kind of how I expected, obviously, as far as games. I I this whole um effort talk, lack of effort in these games is really weird to me. Um, you know, in fact one it's Isaiah Thomas talked about it actually after game three the other day on NBA mm-hmm. TV. And he said, we're hearing, you know, one game, Michael Malone saying, Oh, you know, we lacked effort. And then the next game was uh game three and coach Spo said the same thing. Like, you know, we lacked effort. We weren't, we weren't playing as hard as we can. And he's like, it's the fucking NBA finals guys. He's like, what are we doing that you get to the end of the year, you get yourself all the way to the NBA finals and you're not playing at a hundred percent effort, every game, every minute of it. And it's, it's really weird. It's, I don't know. It's kind of alarming to me, but I guess the only thing I can say is if one game <laughs> Miami played lacked effort and Denver won, there's a game that my uh, Denver lacked effort and Miami won. So there's only one game that each team was playing as hard <laughs> as they could. Yeah. And Denver won that game. So yeah. Uh, to me, Denver is just outplaying Miami. The stars are outplaying the Miami stars. And I think, to me, that's the gist of it. Jokic. I think what we need is Rashid Wallace to get to the podium. <laughs> Both teams played hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I just it just seems like Jokic and Murray are just uh, you know they're putting their will, they're carrying their team, and uh, it's it's enough for sure. I think there's a point where like we talked about uh, with Boston, like talent can only get you so far, and I think we're kind of getting to a point with Miami where this effort and um just the desire and will to win and hard work can only get you so far kind of and i kind of feel like it's meeting it's it's end and i just feel denver's just pulling away and separate themselves from miami right now i do think it was cool that Jokic came out and said it's really important to win a championship for jeff green deandre jordan and ish smith i want yeah. those guys to get a ring and it is great because it doesn't seem like it cares about anything else. <laughs> so that might be the only thing it cares yeah. about. But, which is another thing that's driving me nuts. I, I appreciate the fact that he keeps saying, you know, I don't care. They're like, oh, you had, you know what, 30, 20, and 10 the other day. I, what does that mean to you? And he's like, I don't really care. And I'm like, 
you care a little bit. You can show a little <laughs> bit of caring about this thing. Like, it, it's really weird. It's like, it makes you not, I, if I'm an MVP voter, it makes me never want to give him an MVP. <laughs> don't like, joke about that, though. It, sound, it sounds bad, but it's true. Yeah. Because, okay, like, oh, I don't care about MVPs. Okay, well, then we it won't get you on. It can't ever be about what they're saying. It's got to just be about what they're doing on the court. But you're right. Um, you know, he could say it differently. What he can say is, all I care about is winning. If that's what's helping our team win. Exactly. That's and he's awesome. said that before. And it's... I'm, and you know, to be on these lists of these legendary players, you know, I'm completely honored. Uh, but everything that I'm doing and everything that we're doing is aimed towards one goal, and that's winning the, t- the title the championship and that's it everything else you know i appreciate the accolades but all i want to do is win yep it's quite simple but yeah Yeah. i i I don't maybe he's just getting sick of the questions because they've heard stuff so many times as they go through these playoffs he has but i mean there's no shame in just repeating yourself until they stop you know because there's no other way that you need to answer it you don't have to feel like you've got to answer in a different way. I mean, just keep repeating yourself until they get the hint and move on. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you have any other comments or observations. You still feel all right with your Denver in seven or if you're leaning other ways. I still feel all right because the games just keep trading on, you know, back and yeah. forth as of now. But, you know, we'll see. Um, like you said, both teams have looked pretty good. You know, the um, effort has been a little inconsistent both ways but you know they're also human and things happen and you know we talked all about how you know both of these coaches are fantastic they're going to be making adjustments all throughout the series and this is everything i expected you know it's kind of like a really good boxing match you know you're going to see both teams kind of going at it back and forth you know having their runs and then you know adjustments on the opposite end so should be fun to watch. Nope. Definitely agreed. And I guess just some other points, um, just to make on that series real quick. I was going to say, um, and maybe it's just me again, overthinking this, but I feel like the Miami heat defense is getting almost over complex. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Um, as they're trying to fight and, and obviously they're doing it because they're trying to find ways to stop or slow down Jokic. Um, I understand that. And Murray. I, and Murray, correct, uh, the two-man game there. And I feel like it's almost maybe taking a little bit of a toll on the communication on the court, almost as if they're – I don't even know how to explain this. Like, almost they're kind of like too tired of thinking too hard, <laughs> getting like yeah. brain cramps. I don't know if that's the case, but it there was uh, – actually, I think I just saw um, Brady Hawk. Again, we, we mentioned him. He got a shout-out from J.J. Reddick last week. Um, awesome analyzing of Miami Heat and uh, – he showed a few clips and stuff and there's just so many miss switches and stuff in game three. And it just seems like it's uh maybe it's a Denver, you know, offense, just, just beating them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of feels like they're missing some things and the communication's a little bit off, but maybe that gets back on track for game four here coming up. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you and I both picked Denver and I think we did it for a reason. You know, they're the number one seed. They're the team that's been the number one seed all year. Whereas, like we said, you know, Miami, as good as they've played in the playoffs, they weren't that good in the regular season. So, and they're, they're not as deep, you know, Denver's not a real deep team either at this point, their rotations down to about seven or eight, but yeah, 
you know. Did say, it was nice to see Reggie Jackson for a, a minute the other for day. For a minute, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get that time in. Yeah. <laughs> say he played in the finals, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It also feels like Denver's been playing with the lead the entire series. And I don't, exactly. I don't know the minutes on that, but I do know I looked up Denver in their last, the last eight games when they're leading or tied at the end of the first quarter, they're seven and one. So yeah. They, they get up to those quick starts and they start with the lead. Um, they're hard to catch up to. So, yeah, for sure. So I, here's, here's my, um, awesome, uh, thing here to, to put for game four. If Miami leaves at the end of the first quarter, I think they win game four. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think that's all we got on the, uh, the NBA finals. You got anything else there? Nah, I think, uh, all right. We just got to see Good. how it plays out. Yep. It's a little shout out to our boy Walker Kessler and also Jalen Williams. They've been a correspondence for the NBA finals. Um, I, for the NBA and NBA.com and stuff. Good dudes. It's cool watching them talk. And, uh, it's cool that they get the, I don't know if they've always done that with rookies, but just to get, you know, two rookies out there just to experience the finals and the, the feel and everything. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I don't think they've done it to this degree. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a, an upgrade over what they've been doing. And yeah, it's cool. It's a great idea. Yep. All right. So last topic, uh, we got a WNBA fantasy updates. I just got a few notes here. Um, this is actually, first of all, great week. We played each other <laughs> in our league last yeah. week and, uh, it was 539, 536, which is the highest scores that were all week by far. There was one other team that had like a 520 or something and yeah. everybody else was below 400. So our teams are cooking right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it was a great battle. Like we said, yeah, I think I've got some of the most points for, and I'm 0-2 in that league. So <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of making me think maybe next year we do a Roto League. And like you were saying, I like the idea of just doing all utilities or whatever instead of like a bench. Yeah, but, and actually now that you mentioned that though, just, just this week for Friday um, the 9th and Sunday, what would that be, the 11th, um, it's finally the first days of WNBA season where you're you should have some bench players that you have to yeah you have pick, to make a decision. pick and choose yep. who you want in there. It's it's like the first days. Other than that, it's yeah. just whoever's you know whoever's playing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get to make those choices now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have too much. I guess there's some you know. Oh, actually, I do have one thing. On Sunday, the legendary Sue Birds number ten will be retired. Um, in Seattle. So that's cool. Shout out to her. Awesome yeah. career obviously well-deserved um, biggest no-brainer yeah. <laughs> i know she was a retirement maybe pretty, ever <laughs> pretty much yeah um so that's cool but yeah uh, just movers um i kept mentioning and you know people i wanted to draft and stuff as he meg um she's been amazing lately uh, actually i should for I, I shouldn't forget WNBA all-star voting has just started and everybody's like, oh, it's so early. It's only been like five, six, seven games into the season, but it's only like a 40-game season. So got to get the voting started at some point. Um, so that's interesting. But I actually did put some votes in, and I voted for her. But there's a bunch of other forwards that will probably be selected over her. We'll see what happens. But she's moved from uh, 24 last week to 16. Um, Ariel Atkins at Washington has moved from 40, 41 to 24. Um, and Sophie Cunningham, who's actually – 
I think available in some leagues, probably not many with Phoenix. Um, she's moved from 48 to 38. She's had a pretty good week. Um, so that's good. As far as people that you can pick up or stream, um, LA's Lexi Brown and Jordan Canada both had two really good weeks. Um, they're owned in less than 50% of leagues, so you can definitely pick them up to stream. Um, Kalani Brown I talked about last week. She's only in 7.1% of leagues, and she just started. She got back into the starting lineup and had a killer game her last game. Um, she was replacing Crystal Dangerfield in the Dallas Wings lineup. And then there's Chicago, who's got a lot of interesting things going on. We yeah, talked they do. about yeah, their issues at the the forward position. Um, we talked about Isabel Harrison being out. Um, now Rebecca Birch is out with the uh, ankle. Um, they've got somebody else out on maternity leave. Uh, Gardner's out. She's had foot surgery. So I think it really only leaves Elizabeth Williams and now Elena Smith. And Elena Smith... They've both been great, but Elena Smith has been really good, and she's only owned in like 62% of leagues, so she's awesome um, to pick up if she's available in a league. Yeah, I've kept thinking about maybe dropping Williams, and I just keep talking myself out of it just for that reason. You know, they're running out of bodies at this point, so uh, the minutes are there. A a big thing for me is just looking at the minutes. You know, as long as the minutes are there, the opportunities will be there. So even if the production's low, there's still, you know, a ton of upside as long as, you know, the minutes are – at or around 30 or more um kind of just keep it going exactly um yeah and then also in chicago though um dana evans she's i mean she hasn't been putting up huge numbers but um respectable numbers that you can stream her definitely she's only owned in 13 percent of leagues um as far as injuries over the last week nothing huge um atlanta's ari mcdonald um she's got a torn labrum out three to four weeks but there's really nobody that you're probably going to replace her with um, or that she would be replaced with that you would want to pick up um, Minnesota. I did pick somebody up actually diamond Miller um, yeah. we talked about, she's got the ankle sprain and now uh, Dorka Dorka Yuhas is uh, in the starting lineup. So she's picking up starting minute number or starting minutes um, and getting better numbers because of that. So I actually picked her up in one of my leagues and put her in because I was a little light in the forward spot. And I think that's about all I have as far as WNBA is concerned. I've been looking at Natisha Heidemann for the Connecticut Sun. She's She's been sitting on the top of that waiver wire forever. And she's, yeah, she keeps putting up consistent points. 32 minutes a game too. Yep. It's weird because um, if, yeah, if you look at the waiver wire and you look what's available, there's always about, five players right at the top that people don't have on their team. Cause they really don't, f- their teams are fine. They're full and they yeah, already have one and they already have one person that they're kind of, you know, streaming or rotating and stuff. So, yeah. um, unless you have like a close match matchup and you're on Sunday, you know, the final day of your, your week and you need to pick somebody up, you know, that's when you'd pick them up. But especially this week, like I said, Sunday's a full day. So there's really nobody to just pick up and, grab but yeah it kind of makes it fun when it's yeah it it is fun i I feel like the games played are kind of even between teams it is and i every time i look at the free agent list you know i click i click on the my team button so i can see them with my players and it just always comes down to like i don't have anybody to drop you know (laughs) i have players that i'm looking at you know as possible ads but like who am i going to drop for them Exactly. I always have like one, one player that I'm looking to move or something like that. And everybody else I'm pretty good with, pretty confident with. So 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the the healthiest team may come out on top. Yeah, and like I said, the biggest thing for me is minutes. You know, as long as those opportunities are there, you know, if I see somebody's minutes go down, that concerns me. But the production that'll be up and down. So correct. Yeah, as long and, as they're if, out there on the court. Yep, and if you look at the top top ranked, you know, fantasy basketball women's players, they're all still producing at a pretty high clip above everybody else. So there's yeah. a there's an easy division there. Yeah, but um. Yeah, no, shout out to Aaliyah Boston. That's my girl. She's kicking butt here in a rookie year. Just keeps getting better. I love it. And also Maddie Segrist. I I talked about her in the the preview as one of my sleepers. She yep. finally got some minutes the other day and she looked pretty good. So yeah, hopefully, good call. hopefully they keep using her. Right now you can't you can't really roster her right now, but eventually maybe it'll happen. So but yeah, I think that's it for me. That's all I got, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, time to go Maryland I didn't use too many drops this time but um, that's okay but anyways um, I think that does it here for episode 24 um, we thank everybody for listening to Menace Podman you can find new episodes every week you can find us on Twitter at Menace Podman um, as always like to thank Spotify iTunes Riverside Amazon Music Google Podcasts uh, Stitcher and all those places that let us um, share our podcast through their platforms um, also special thanks uh, to Good Pods and Feedspot for helping us get exposure and um, giving some recognition to Menace Podman. And uh, for everybody listening, we always encourage you to leave a review, a message, support our podcast if you like what you hear. So um, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Parliament.